0: I still catch myself reminiscing about northern Minnesota from a couple weeks ago when I did a uh, Boundary Waters trip up there. And I brought back a very special souvenir for my wife a Boundary Waters beard. And uh, yeah, she wants me to return it. But anyway, (laughs) it just has a lot more white in it than the last time I grew this out. And that's what marriage, I mean, that's what ministry will do to you. Well, uh, the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota, as I mentioned before, is Uh, 1.3 million acres of of this. It's it's just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, that's what I did a couple weeks ago for five days with my dad and my brother and my brother-in-law. And just canoeing over water like glass and camping in pristine wilderness. And uh, enjoying the smell of a campfire and solitude and quiet. And it was broken only by the haunting... The haunting uh, call of those loons echoing over the water, it's just beautiful up there. But you know what, when we went on that trip, my dad, my brother and brother-in-law and I, we brought nothing, absolutely no equipment of our own. We used an outfitter up there in Ely, and, uh, and that outfitter fully outfitted our entire trip. I mean, you are talking every detail and everything we needed, from tents to tarps to teepee, okay? And and the latest and lightest in Kevlar canoes and sleeping bags and these awesome inflatable mattresses and food for every single meal of every single day and the cooking utensils and propane burners and water filtration equipment and fishing poles and lures and even the night crawlers and the fire starting equipment and axes and, and, and even a hammock and the stuff for s'mores. They had it all we brought nothing and so you got to understand without the outfitter this trip would have been impossible and without the outfitter this trip would have been a disaster and utter frustration and failure and more than likely we'd just given up and and called it a day and and for some of you here today this trip through life has been really disastrous and really frustrating And and you're ready to call it quits. You're ready to call your marriage over. Your job quit. Living for you has become a constant struggle every day in, every day out, frustration. And for some of you, it's the frustration of giving in to that same old sin that you have vowed to God you're not gonna do anymore. And you do it again and you do it again, and you do it again, and it's like, this is just disastrous, God, who am I? I thought I was a Christian, but I'm struggling so deeply. Maybe you don't have the right outfitter. Maybe you got no outfitter. Or maybe, just maybe, you're not utilizing the outfitter that you have. And all that he has promised for you how he wants to supply for you, and how he wants you to experience victory in the Christian life and not defeat. I want you to understand that that God offers a complete outfitting through this life. Everything you need, everything he's promised to provide, everything. Everything. We have everything that we need, everything, and this is Peter's encouragement and a very important reminder for you and for me, and it's found in his second letter, Second Peter chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Second Peter chapter 1. We started this great book, this, this sequel last week, and we're going to see verse 3 and 4 today, and last week he was preparing us for this storm of false doctrine and heresy, and today he's going to encourage us on this spiritual journey Because we have everything we need. Everything. Read with me 2 Peter chapter 1. Starting in verse 3 through 4. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Seeing that his divine power. Has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of him. Who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. He lets us know right away, right off the bat, that there is no reason for continual failure in the Christian life. There is absolutely no reason for constantly straying from living a godly life. You have been fully outfitted by God. You have everything you need, everything. So, what does that mean? Access his power. Say that with me. Access his power. Verse 3 says seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. You have been outfitted with divine power at your fingertips, it's yours and yours to use. This is divine power. Please get this. This isn't any old power that's available for you. This is the same power that created this planet that's available to you. This is the same power that calmed the sea and storm. This is the power that multiplied the fish and the loaves. This is the power that raises the dead. This is the power that conquers hell and the grave. And God says it's yours for this life. I'm fully outfitting you with my power. It is available to you. Never failing power. Never diminishing power. Never ending power. Hurricane Irma last week passed through Florida. My brother and his wife Lorraine and my uh, beautiful little nieces Summer and Lacey live in Fort Lauderdale. They still have no power. Eight days, no power. Florida Power and Light estimated it'll be at least 10 days, no power. 103 degrees yesterday, sweltering heat and humidity, no power. You know what no power means when you live in Florida? Miserable living conditions. That's what it means. You know what no power means for the Christian? Miserable living conditions. And that's why some of you are miserable in this life. Because you are not turning the power on. You're not accessing the power that God has freely given to you. You're just merely existing in the sweat of your sin and carnality. Day in and day out. When you sweat nonstop, you stink. Some of you stink of sin. You're living in defeat day in and day out. Well, what did your brother do down there? Well, my dad has a house about an hour away in West Palm. And uh, so my dad has power at his place. You know what? My brother's living at my dad's house right now. He's accessing his power. See, you don't stay where you remain powerless. You position yourself to access the Power. You don't stay in the state in which you are, powerless. You put yourself in a position to access the power that is available. And my brother connected with our dad, and my dad shared his place and his power. Some of you need to reconnect with your heavenly father. His power is there. He'll grant you all the power you need. And it's not only divine power, it says here it's free power. Look at verse 3. He's granted it to us. There's no charge for his power. My brother's not going to get a bill in the mail from my dad, trust me. You're not going to get a bill in the mail from your heavenly father. He's saying, my power is available for you. It's yours for the asking and yours for the using. Now, I I need you to understand, this, this outfitting for life is free. You may say, yeah, like, unlike your boundary water trip, no, it was completely free. 100%. It was a gift from my dad to his sons and his son-in-law. He paid for the whole thing. He, he paid for the flight up there. He paid for the rental car. He paid for the lodging at the beginning, at the end. He paid for the complete outfitting. Everything was paid for. I have a great dad. You may say, you got rich dad. <laughs> you have a great father. Whose resources are unending. You have an incredible heavenly father. Who loves you so much. And he says I don't want you to live in defeat. I want you to live in victory. And I am going to outfit you. With everything that you need. Everything. See I want you to understand. Your father has paid for everything. Everything. He gave his son to ensure that you have eternal life, and not only eternal life, but power to live out this life. And he wants you to embark on this incredible life and adventure of faith. You're fully outfitted to do that. Do it. He says it's granted to us. Peter says this isn't just for me. This isn't just for all the disciples. This isn't just for the early church. This isn't just for pastors or for missionaries. There's no extra special power given to some and given to others. It's not like some of us got lucky and won the spiritual power ball. No. We all get this. You all get this. I get this. We all get the same spiritual power. Every child of God gets the power of God. From the brand new believer in Jesus Christ just saved last week. To the senior saint who, who came to faith 70 years ago, we all get this power. So listen, Christian, stop living in the dark. Stop living this miserable existence. Stop being controlled by sinful appetites and pleasures and carnal cravings and desires. And turn on the power, access the power, plug into the power. And you may say, how do I do that? We'll get to that. It's divine power. It's free power. It's full power. He's granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything in the Greek. Now I know, you know what it really means? Everything. Everything means everything. Turn to the person next to you and tell them that. Everything means everything. So everything means everything. That means, listen, everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything from beginning to end. And everything in between. Griffith Thomas, an old pastor, put it this way. Commencement, continuance, and completion of the Christian life is thus provided. That's what God gives you for this Christian life. He's outfitted you for life from beginning to end and everything in between. And he misses nothing, Colossians 2.10. And in him you have been made complete. Nothing needs to be added. You have everything. Nothing is missing. You have everything. And everything means God hasn't given up on you. And don't you give up on you. God has not given up on you. And some of you think God has. He's not. God has not given up on you. Don't you give up on you. Philippians 1.6. I am confident of this very thing. That he that is God who began a good work in you. Will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. God is not done with you. God has power for you. Full power. And it's full power pertaining to life. Look at verse 3. He's granted to us everything pertaining to life. Listen, please listen carefully. You can do this life. You can do this life. And some of you don't think you can. You can do this life. Don't ever give up on life. You can do this life no matter the pain of betrayal you have felt in your heart. You can do this life. Don't give up. You can do this life no matter the constant financial pressure you feel of a house being upside down and the loss of a job and bills that are piling up. You can do this life. Don't give up on this life. You can do this life no matter the doctor's diagnosis and the fear of an unknown future that haunts your dreams at night. You can do this life. God promises you, you can do this life. You can do this life no matter what. God has promised you power for this life. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy who says give up. Take your life. Quit. It's not worth it. Listen to God. Listen to the promises of God. Embrace the power of God. You can do this life. It's full power. He says everything pertaining to life and godliness. You know what God says? You can do a godly life. You can live a moral and spiritual life. And spiritual victory. You can do it. You can live a godly life over any and every sin. You have full power available to you. Some of you, I have to give in to sin, Pastor Scott. No, you don't. God says you can do this godly life. You've convinced yourself that you have to sin. You keep making excuses for yourself to go ahead and sin. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation that has overtaken you but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you may be able to endure it. You can do this life. You can do the godly life. The power of God stops any and every sin that is too strong for you to handle. That's what that verse says. He's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So the power of God stops any temptation you can't handle. So every temptation you or I face... We can handle it by the power of God. The power of God provides an escape for every and any sin you and I face. That's what he says here. He'll he'll provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So the power of God enables you to endure every and any temptation. You have divine power. You have free power. You have full power. Access the power. Look what it says in verse 3. Very important. Seeing that his divine power is granted to us, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge, the true knowledge of him. You know, when we were up in northern Minnesota, we got, we got to know the outfitters pretty well. We, we spent time with them, listening to them, meeting with them, learning from them, watching them. You know, it would have been real foolish to just completely ignore them and just go out into the wilderness on our own. Uh, these outfitters know the equipment and, and how best to use it. They know the lakes. They have the maps. They know the entry points. They know the best campsites on each of the lakes. They know the best fishing spots on the lakes. They, they, they gave us the best portages to use to get to the lakes. Because some of them are, are swampy and, and and you can't get through. But you can't see it on the map. Listen, the outfitters are knowledgeable, they're experienced, they're experts. The one that we use has been in business for 73 years. I want you to understand, God's been in business longer than 73 years. He's been outfitting his children for thousands of years. Why would you ignore his advice? Why are some of you paddling out in this life on your own? when you've got the expert of all experts who's been doing it for thousands of years, who's ready to give you everything you need, I think you better paddle back and listen to God before you make that business decision. I think you better paddle back and listen to God before you go ahead with that relationship decision. I think you better paddle back before you make some serious mistakes. Because God has been in the business of outfitting his children for thousands of years. And he knows what you need exactly and when you need it. Access the power of God. Listen, accessing the power of God requires you to know God. This is very important. Accessing the power of God requires you to know God. It says through the true knowledge of Him. Now this is similar to last week regarding grace and truth in verse two. Grace and peace, uh, grace and peace, be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Now John seventeen three. This is what it means to know. This is eternal life that they, they may know you. So knowing God is not just this intellectual understanding or assent. Grace and peace were experienced through knowing God, experiencing that grace and peace, knowing God, spending time with him. The same thing is true with his divine power. It comes through the true knowledge of him. So this is relational knowledge. This is personal knowledge. It means really knowing God. And it starts with a personal relationship with him in salvation. You've got to know him as your savior. Now, knowing God makes all the difference because there's no power if there's no knowledge. Or to put it another way, know God, there's no power. But to know God is what? To know power. All right? Now, this means I need to know God personally and relationally if I am going to experience his power. Listen carefully. If you have no time with God, you have no power from God. If, if you have no prayer to God, you have no power from God. If there's no reading of the word of God, there's no power from God. If there's no obedience to God, there's no power from God. If there's no utilizing the spiritual gift from God that he's given to every single one of us, there's no power from God. If there's no growing in this intimate personal relationship with my God, I am powerless. Some of you are powerless. You spend no time with God. You never read the Word of God. You do not pray to God. You do not use your spiritual gift for God. You walk in disobedience against God. You have no power from God. That's why you fall flat on your face. That's why your outfitting trip is a disaster. That's why you make bad choice after bad decision after bad choice after bad decision. You have no relationship with God outside of your salvation. None. As a matter of fact... You spend more time on your hobbies than you do with God. And you have more time for Facebook and social media than you do for God. And you read all kinds of books, but you don't read the word of God. And you have time for friends, but not for God. And and you give God one hour of your time on a Sunday morning every couple weeks. But where is he every day? Where's your time with him tomorrow? That's why you have no power from God. Because honestly, you have no relationship with God. You treat God like an acquaintance you see once a week. Once every once in a while. Or when you really want something bad. You talk to him. You got to stop playing in your relationship with God. And he has to become your priority. Because until God is the priority in your life, you will live a powerless life. Until God is the priority in your life, you will live a powerless life. This world, this nation is filled with powerless, defeated Christians. Living lives of moral and spiritual defeat. And some of you are here today and there's no reason for it. Because the power is available. Divine power, free power, full power, access the power. Look what he says at the end of verse 3. You've been called by his power. He called us by his own glory and excellence. This is the calling of God. Now, you've got to understand, God first called us. I cannot respond to the call of God unless he first calls me. Listen, a deaf person can't begin to hear until his ears are first opened. God in his grace opened my ears. God in his grace opened your ears. And he whispered his love, bid us to come to saving faith in his son. And we listened because he called us by his power. Some of you are here this morning and you've not come to faith yet. But God is calling. He's calling out of his love. Saying, would you come to me? I'll save you. He's he's calling to save you from your sins. He knows all of them and he still will forgive you and, and love you. He's calling you. He's calling you to make you a new creation in his son. Would you answer the call? Answer the call. And, and, and I would love to lead you in a prayer at the end of the message. And I'd love for you to call out to God right now to save your soul. He'll do it. Answer the call. It says here we're called by his glory. So, so it's all glory to God. To God be the glory. Life is not about my glory, about your glory. It's all about God's glory. And, and we're called by his excellence, his virtue, meaning his goodness. That, that's who's called us. Our excellent, most virtuous, good, great God. His power has called you. We have everything we need, everything. He, he's outfitted us with his power, so access his power. Listen, he's outfitted us with his promises. Claim his promises. Say that with me. Claim his promises. Look at verse 4. For by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. By these, by his calling, by his glory, by his excellence, goodness, and virtue that we've received these promises. Claim his promises. Hold on to the promises of God. Feast your soul on the promises, the word of the living God. Jesus himself testified in Matthew 4. It's written, man shall not live on bread alone. Read it with me. But on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Live on the promises of God. Know the promises of God. L- listen, live off the promises of God. You've got to be in the word of God. You've got to be reading the word of God and studying the word of God and growing in your knowledge of the word of God and personalizing the promises of the word of God. He's outfitted you with his word. It's the map for this life. It's the instructions for life. No wonder some of you are failing. You get so frustrated in life, but you've thrown the directions aside, thinking you can figure out how to put it all together on your own. Like some proud dad who doesn't need the directions anymore. Who do you think you are? God has given you his word, his promises. They're right there. They've been granted. Look at verse 4. Second time he's used the same word. He's freely given them. First time, he's referring to the power for the life of godliness, granting us in verse three. Now, the second time in verse four, he's granted us his precious and magnificent promises. And granted carries this idea of bestowing and endowing, and it reveals the worth and the value of the gift that God has given you in his word the value of his word. The, the, the worth of this gift given. And he calls them precious and magnificent promises. His precious and magnificent. His meaning, these are personal promises to you. Okay, get this. This is this is not the promise of some politician seeking re election. Okay, God Almighty reigns for ever and ever, and he doesn't need your vote. But he makes you a promise. This is not the promise of some CEO who wants to line his own pockets. God owns everything, needs nothing from mortal man. And he makes you a personal promise. This is not the promise of some slick car dealer, okay? God is selling nothing. God is giving away eternal life for free. And he makes you, and he makes me, and he makes his children these promises. The promises of God are the very words of God. The holy scriptures that we read, the inspired texts that we study, the precious verses that we hide in our hearts. And he calls them precious. That means they are of immeasurable value and inestimable worth. Psalm twelve six. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of fire refined seven times. So the word of God is more valuable than silver. Psalm 1910, they are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, the drippings of the honeycomb. So these, these words that I have in God's word are, are more desirable than gold. Psalm 119.72, the law of the Lord is, is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Do you treasure the word of God like that? Do you really treasure the word of God and hold it in such esteem and spend time in it? You can't put a price on the word of God, it's beyond value. Treasure the treasure that is yours. Treasure it. It's it's precious promises that never fail. Do you realize his promises have never failed, will never fail? Joshua, to the people of God at the end of his life in Joshua 23, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls, not one of all the good words which the Lord God spoke concerning you has failed. All have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed. When you come to the end of your life, you will be able to say the same thing. Not one promise of God has ever failed me. For my entire life. Paul to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 1. For as many as the promises of God. In him they are yes. For as many includes you and me. Reminded of the character of God. In Titus one two, Which God who cannot lie. Promised long ago. Jesus very God who became man. Said of himself in John 14. I am the way and the what? The truth. The word of God is truth. Precious promises, magnificent promises, meaning great, meaning marvelous. God's promises are great in scope and, 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 and what they promise. And they're great in spanning time and eternity. And they're great individually as well as corporately. And they're great in their ability to change lives. That's what you have in the word of the living God. Power, promise, promises of God, the word of God, so special. L- look what it does in Psalm 19, 7 through 10. The law of the Lord is perfect. What does it do? Restores the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. What does it do? Makes wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. What does it do? Rejoices the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. What does it do? It enlightens the eyes. So if you need your soul restored, get into the word of God. And if you need to be made wise in this life with your choices, get into the word of God. And if you need joy restored, get into the word of God. And if you need enlightenment on what's going on in your life and discernment and wisdom, get into the word of God. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They're more desirable than gold. Yes, much for fine gold. Sweeter than honey in the drippings of the honeycomb. So treasure the word of God. God has outfitted you with it. Enjoy the word of God like honey. God has outfitted you with it. It will sustain you. We have everything. We have everything we need. You, you have the power. Access it. You have the promises. Claim them. Listen, you've been outfitted for purity. Partake in his purity. Why has God given us this power? Why has God given us his promises? So that we don't have to get caught up in the junk and sin and filth and vileness of this world. Because it's everywhere around us. He's outfitted you with power. He's outfitted you with promises. So partake in his purity. That's why. Look at verse four. For by these he has granted us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them, these promises that are precious and magnificent, You may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. So the promises of God enable us to partake in the very nature of God. This is crazy. Listen to this. You become a partaker, invited into the life of God Almighty to experience his divine nature. In verse 3, we have divine power granted to us. In verse 4, he says we have divine nature experienced by us. So verse 3, we've got divine na- power granted to us. Now we've got divine nature to be expe- experienced by us. Do you realize how blessed you are? Divine power is yours. The divine nature of God is actually yours. It doesn't mean you become God. Well, We're going to understand this better. This is something the world is absent of and ignorant of, that you are blessed with as his child. Listen, the promises of God enable you to experience God. It says in verse four, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. What does that mean? The promises of God enable us to experience God. Listen, these promises of God, you hear from God when you hear the word of God and you experience him some of you lord willing all of you have already had that happen this morning in the service a verse of scripture has been shared and it was like god was speaking right to you you experienced god you experienced his divine nature you you experienced his power through his promises you experienced the nature of god The promises of God enable you to experience God. You hear from God. Your faith grows in God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of Christ. You witness answers to prayer by God. Based on his promises. You experience God. You come under conviction. I come under conviction by God. The promises of the consequences. The promises of discipline that will happen. We experience the nature of God when we come under conviction. We find great comfort in God. We read his promises. And he wraps his arms around us and holds us tight as we hold on to his promises. He's holding on to us. You experience the divine nature of God. When you're in his word. When you're claiming his promises. Understand that, what takes place. You partake in the very nature of God. The promises of God also enable us to partake in the purity of God. It says here, having escaped verse 4, the corruption that is in the world by lust. The world in which we live is held in corruption. They are incarcerated in their corruption with no way out because they deny and reject Jesus Christ the key to life. They're incarcerated in corruption. Moral decay is everywhere around us. Dirty, vile, filthy sin of this world. And then what does God say? You've escaped it. You've escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. We've been set free. John 8 Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Make you free. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin, of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be what? Free indeed, I've been set free. Anybody else set free here from sin? Okay, so listen, Jesus has set us free. We've been set free from the son of God, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. So that we would no longer be slaves to sin. We just sung about that. The last song, we're no longer slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin for once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be what? Dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The power of sin has been broken by the death and resurrection of Jesus. I am no longer a slave to sin, and neither are you. We do not have to live in the corruption of this world. We have been set free. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things, what have they done? Passed away. Don't go back to them. Behold, new things have come. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Listen, don't go back to the corruption of the world. You've been set free. Listen, you've been cleaned up. Look at this. Look at this pig. He's all clean. He's at the fair. He gets loose. And what does he do? Why are some of you right there right now? Why are some of you back in the corruption of the flesh? Why have you gone back to the muck and mire of this world, God has set you free. Get out of that stuff, get out of there. what, well, well, how am I drawn back into this Scott well, What happened? He tells us, look at the verse: having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust, there are these lures of lust all around us. It's kind of like a fish swimming in a lake. That's that's just got hundreds of fishermen all over it. And there's lures of lusts. Lusts everywhere. And they're trolling and they're casting. And they're using all kinds of bait. Listen, the world is full of lusts. There's all kinds of mud for us to play in out there. It's a pig pen of every kind of imaginable lust. There's lust for sex sensuality, before marriage and outside of marriage. There's lust for money, greed. There's lust for stuff, materialism, covetousness, envy. There's lust for sleep, laziness, slothfulness. There's lust for food and drink, gluttony and drunkenness. There's lust for power and position, pride, We live in a world filled with lusts. The warning is given in 1 John 2. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. This world is passing away. And also it's lusts. It's just not worth it. It's passing away. There's no value to it. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Son of God, child of God, daughter of God, you've been set free. The word of God. Listen, Jesus has set you free and the word of God will help you stay free. The promises of God will help you stay free from the corruption. What do you mean by that? Well, Psalm one nineteen nine 9 through 11, read this with me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. That's the knowledge of God. That's the relationship with God. That's personalizing your walk with God. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Read it with me. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Treasure his word. Grow in your relationship. Listen carefully. He has outfitted you for life. You have everything you need. Everything. So what do we need to do? Access his power. Claim his promises. And partake in his purity. Say it with me. Access his power. Claim his promises. And partake in his purity.